From the newsrooms of the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, this is Please Explain. I'm Samantha Selinger-Morris. It's Wednesday, November 1st. Decades ago, the idea that American political leaders might care about what Australia does or doesn't do with its foreign policy decisions was laughable. In fact, former American Secretary of State Henry Kissinger once made a joke about it at our expense. But that was then. Just last week, Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese was feted at the White House. But it wasn't just his treatment at an elaborate state dinner or during informal talks that signified a major change in the geopolitical state of play. Rather, it was the substance of the leaders' discussions and a tossed-off and pointed aside by Joe Biden in front of the world's media that signal a stronger-than-ever alliance between the two countries. Today, international and political editor Peter Harcher on why Australia is now key to America's fight to win the 21st century. So, Peter, I want to speak to you about your latest column. But first, I want to ask you about the Israel-Hamas war, because things have taken a sharp turn over the last few days. So can you tell us what happened on Monday night? That was when the what was essentially an attempt to conduct um, a softening up through air warfare turned into the beginning of a systematic ground offensive. It's still very tentative and it's still in an exploratory phase. We are, we are beginning to get an idea of the shape of how Israel is intending to proceed. It looks like they're planning to isolate Gaza City. They're moving in and it looks like they're going to position to surround it. That looks like they've decided that is the place in which they're going to concentrate their efforts. They blocked two tanks and a bulldozer, blocked uh, the Salah al-Din Road, which is the main north-south artery through Gaza. So they were blocking, totally isolating Gaza City. After a brief time, they opened that again. But it, it, it is shaping to be the encirclement, siege and destruction of, uh, of Hamas within Gaza City. OK, and notably, though, in the United States, conflict in the Middle East isn't the only focus because Anthony Albanese, the Australian prime minister, was just in Washington visiting with Joe Biden. And you've just written that Australian foreign policy is actually a chief concern and interest for the U.S. and that this is really notable given that Australian foreign policy used to be laughably irrelevant. So can you explain to us what's going on here? Well, I relied on a quote from Henry Kissinger from the 1990s where he memorably tried to put Australia in its place by saying, when I'm shaving in the morning, I am not thinking about Australian foreign policy which no doubt was true, but it's also quite a comical way of putting uh, Australia uh, into its place. What we saw this week, so Kurt Campbell, who's the president's Indo-Pacific coordinator, whom I interviewed, said, well, th- this, this last week, he said uh, people in Washington were thinking about Australian foreign policy while they were shaving, brushing their teeth, combing their hair and putting their ties on. Uh, Australia was quite relevant Albanese was visiting Washington, so that helps explain it. But the bigger question is, why was that visit going ahead at all when you have a White House occupied with two international crises, trying to help Ukraine through its Russia crisis, trying to help Israel and the Palestinians through their their crises? Uh, domestically, they were trying to... The American Congress, the House, was trying to find itself a new speaker. Plus, there's always... Uh, shenanigans going on with Donald Trump. And yet with all that, in earlier times, they would simply have cancelled an Australian prime ministerial visit. Too hard, come try again next year or something. But 
they went ahead with a three-day state visit. So they were really making a point. They were going all out, the Americans, to make a point about the value of Australia and Albanese, who just happens to be the prime minister. And so what was the focus of this? Why? Why did this still go ahead? The underlying reason is not so much to flatter Australia or a personal tribute to Albanese, although apparently he and Biden get along pretty well. It's because of China. This is all about the macro or maybe the meta contest of our time and presumably for some decades to come. As Joe Biden has put it, we, America, he said, are in a competition with China to win the 21st century. There's no bigger stakes, right? Um, And in that effort, Australia is a useful ally and asset. It extends America's reach and magnifies uh, American power. So that's why Australia is valuable at this particular moment and getting a lot more attention and priority than it would have any other time in recent decades. So can you tell us a little bit about Kurt Campbell? Because he is in a particularly good position to witness what he says is a relationship that's ascended to a new level between Joe Biden and Anthony Albanese. So can you sort of tell us a bit about that? Okay, well, Michael Fullilove from the Lowy Institute calls him Mr. Australia, Kurt Campbell, within Washington politics. He also calls him Australia's best friend in Washington. Kurt's been around for a long time. Uh, He's a serious policy wonk, but then he mastered China policy. He was in the Pentagon as a senior policy official for the Bill Clinton administration. Then in the State Department for Hillary Clinton, he was uh, a leading force in crafting a new China policy. He set up his own consultancy in Washington and uh, now finds himself as the uh, Indo-Pacific coordinator for the White House, for Biden. On the American side, he was the key driver in creating AUKUS. He took the Morrison, Scott Morrison idea, drove it hard within the American system and with the Brits to bring it to fruition. So he's a real can-do sort of operator. And the most recent reports uh, say that the president is going to nominate him to be the new deputy secretary of state uh, in the U.S., So a couple questions on that, because, well, for one thing, if he does get nominated to be the Deputy Secretary of State in the US, what impact could that have for Australia? Because my understanding is Kurt Campbell is sort of instrumental in the Biden administration in taking a hard line on China. So can you tell us a bit about that, especially in light of the fact that Kurt Campbell made comments in Washington in June this year, saying that he had previously been concerned that Australia was drifting into China's orbit that was no longer his concern at the time, but mm. some commentators interpreted that as suggesting that it might reveal that actually there are, is still some anxiety among some U.S. officials that such a drift mm. might re- reoccur. So, Kurt, I don't know if you'd call him hardline, but he's certainly been driving China as the overarching priority for the U.S. Uh, for, for some years. He's certainly been driving an effort to bring the U.S. and its allies to concentrate on China. Uh, Intellectually, uh, he he has been really important. A couple of key concepts. One is, as he he said to me directly in the past several times, we America can no longer do this alone. The relative decline of American power. This is just a very realistic assessment uh, by Kurt, and therefore ultimately by the administration. American power relatively has uh, decreased. We need to bring our allies in. We might have thought of them as an optional extra in the past, but they're now essential. Australia is one of them. Japan, South Korea, and so on, NATO, of course. 
So that's a big Rubicon for Americans to cross to accept that as a reality. Uh, but he has brought their system to accept that reality and to craft strategy accordingly, hence the priority on Australia and allies. Another big conceptual uh, step where he dragged American policy is this, to think of China not as a problem that's going to be solved any day, but as a problem that is going to be need to be managed, a competition that has to be managed for a very long time. So not to, not to be able to just pay attention to it for a short while, put in place a plan that they think is going to fix it, but to expect, anticipate and plan for decades of competition, So which changes the whole way that policy is made. So he's been really uh, central uh, to American thinking in that way. Is there anything to suggest that maybe even Joe Biden's reassurance during Albanese's visit to Washington that the alliance is so strong and Kurt Campbell is saying, oh, there's an enhancement of the relationship, it's stronger than ever. Is there anything to suggest that perhaps that's been happening because there is some fear in the United States or even in the Biden administration that Australia is, you know, could drift towards China again? Well, I think that earlier anxiety about Australia's position in the world has passed uh, once Australia stood up to China over the last few years, when China brought on the, the coercion effort big time and tried to break Australian sovereignty and has demonstrably failed, and we now see China as the supplicant state asking, you know, let's please play nice again. So that phase has passed. But there is a concern, and Kurt Campbell, in the interview I did with him, made this point, uh, and it's held more broadly in the system in the US. Is Australia acting fast enough and hard enough to enact AUKUS? Is Australia acting fast enough and hard enough to implement its own defence strategic review that the Albanese government brought down a few months ago? There's still questions. Because we, are, we America, being so reassuring, does, has this given Australians licence to slack off? You guys really need to, to remain focused on delivery, and, and that is a continuing anxiety. But they have that about all their allies, and guess what? Their allies have that about America too. We'll be right back. Okay, and the timing of Anthony Albanese's recent visit to Washington, it's quite interesting given that Joe Biden also hosted intensive discussions with Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi. So can you tell me a bit about that and I guess how Biden had to balance both reassuring Australia that the United States is very committed to the Pacific while also, I guess, managing the relationship with China? Yeah, and we know that Australia is very much on China's mind. Not only was Xi Jinping inviting, practically begging Albanese, been trying to get him to commit for months to a visit to Beijing. But Biden let slip during the Albanese visit, standing next to Albanese, Biden said last week, Xi Jinping asked me, why are you putting in so much effort with the Australians? It's obviously been a question on the Chinese leadership's mind. To which Biden said what pretty much what you just said, which is because, he said to Xi Jinping, we're a Pacific nation and we're always going to remain one, therefore we operate with countries in the Pacific. Last week, Wang Yi was in Washington, the Chinese foreign minister, because the Americans have had uh, an even more fractious relationship with the Chinese Communist Party in recent months. Wang Yi was there to try and negotiate, navigate a summit meeting between Joe Biden and Xi Jinping on the sidelines of the APEC summit that's happening in San Francisco in just a couple of weeks. So Wang Yi had nine hours of meetings with the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and one hour with Joe Biden. While the Australian visit's going on, they've got the Israel thing going on, they've got Ukraine going on, they've got the mad stuff in the Congress going on. So this was this was all happening. It, you know, it's action central. 
Wang Yi apparently was able to satisfy himself and the Americans that the conditions were okay to attempt a summit between Biden and Xi Jinping. So at the same time that Xi Jinping is trying to calm the situation with Australia and restore uh, the status quo ante, which of course is impossible, but in the Australian government's argo to stabilise the relationship, he's, he's also trying to do the same with the US, which is quite interesting. And now we've got Anthony Albanese. He's due to land in Beijing this weekend ahead of a visit with Xi Jinping himself. So this visit that Anthony Albanese has just had with Biden and all of their their sort of lovin', so to speak, if you want to call it that, does that make Albanese's meeting with Xi trickier than perhaps it would have otherwise been? No, I don't think so. It would in the traditional uh, metaphor that we, Australia, have used for a long time looking at relations with China and the US, which is a balancing, right? We have to balance America and China, one's security and one's economy. Um, and it implies a sort of precariousness and it, it implies an even-handedness, balancing. But I think that that metaphor is uh, redundant. I think what we've just been through showed that because uh, we, if we were balancing before the Chinese coercion, uh, we certainly abandoned that. The Australian government and opposition both said, well, if that's how you're going to be, we're going to go all in with the Americans even more than we already are. We're going to do AUKUS. We're way up there with the Quad. Um, we're going to defy you in every possible way. So really what Australia has done has increased its position of strength and is now dealing with China from a position of strength, not uh, one of trying to balance, but really one where it has a uh, – I've got to think of a better metaphor for, for this, but – it, it's standing on, on solid ground, supported by the US and other allies. And remember, it's been improving and increasing its relations with Japan, with India, with the Pacific, with a whole bunch of countries to create a position of strength with which to deal to China. So the balance, if it ever applied, does no longer. And I, so I don't think by visiting Washington, Albanese has in any way made his trip harder. In fact, according to Kurt Campbell, uh, each of the allies, the US and Australia, has given each other a boost and some confidence in their dealings with Xi Jinping in the weeks to come. Which brings me back to something you said at the beginning, which was Henry Kissinger's great quote about how once irrelevant Australian foreign policy was to the US. So does all of this, everything we've been talking about, the, you know, the, the strengthening of the alliance between the United States and Australia, does this on a broader level, I guess, shift Australia to perhaps a slightly different position on the geopolitical stage more broadly? Like, are we more significant in general, I guess? And, and does it matter? Uh, well, in that, two things have happened. First, there's a general recognition now uh, that not only is China the, the, the great power in competition with the US, uh, forget Russia. R Russia is a much lower order power, and as we knew beforehand, but has been even further exposed with its failures uh, trying to invade Ukraine and, and, not, and failing. So one is acceptance that that is the big contest and the big theatre of, uh, of competition and geostrategy. Another is the awakening of countries that were asleep to that. And essentially, we're talking about mainly the EU, but also countries uh, and, and the NATO countries, which have taken an increasingly hard line stance against uh, China and um, its various depredations, including several of them uh, stepping up and or starting or restarting military operations and exercises and patrols in the South China Sea. Uh, that includes the, the Brits, the French, the Germans. They weren't doing that. Now they are. 
But it's also in the Pacific. Countries have now taken an increasingly tough line against China. Japan's announced a doubling of its military budget and so on. There's, there are myriad examples. Uh, so it's partly this recognition that this is the contest. And Australia, to come directly to your your question, has stepped into that contest as a frontline state you know, doing competition with China. That is why Australia has become more relevant, partly because of what China's doing, but partly it's because of how Australia has responded. Thank you so much, Peter, for your time. Always a pleasure. Today's episode of Please Explain was produced by Julia Carcatzel with technical assistance by Chi Wong. Our executive producer is Ruby Schwartz. Please Explain is a production of The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. If you enjoy the show and want more of our journalism, subscribe to our newspapers today. It's the best way to support what we do. Search The Age or smh.com.au forward slash subscribe. I'm Samantha Selinger-Morris. This is Please Explain. Thanks for listening.